And welcome to Dislate Ada. Hey everybody, and welcome to my desk. It's Sunday night. It's engineer clock. It's yeah. time to see what I've been hacking on. You got some samples, then we're going to do great search, and uh, we got to do a thing later tonight, so we're going to make this a very efficient show. So this is going to be Ada, a breezy one, but I still have some cool stuff to show oh, off. Oh, we always do. Okay, so we first off, do. let's go to the overhead. I'm going to show off some cool samples I got. So, um, I just got, you know, I just think I got some funky weird things. So this is, um, I've, I've never actually, I mean, I've kind of heard of these. I've never seen them before. So this is a rotary encoder. So it's like clicky clicky. And it's encoder, but it's hollow. Um, you know, I see people who are trying to make, you know, rotary encoder with OLEDs in them. And it's like, how do you do that? Um, well, you could do it like this because um, the part that rotates, you know, would be the outer ring. And then um, you could have electronics come through and, and have a display or something. So um, this is kind of neat. I think these are used in automobiles. I think this was sold as a you know replacement for a car, um, like a knob thing for like selecting like AC or fan. So you got this. That's one sample. All right. I like showing weird stuff. Um, I notice I did a lot of like parts sourcing and redesigning this week, so I didn't, I didn't do a lot of new, yep. new hardware. Uh, and here's another. Here's another. This one is smoother. It doesn't. It's not as clicky, but it's also a uh, rotary encoder. But I'm, you know, thinking of stocking these. Maybe make a breakout for them or something. Um, okay. And then next up. Oh, and then I got like a tall one. They're all kind of similar. But uh, also, you know, very. This one's very clicky, but also rotary encoder. But then again, you can imagine the 3D print. You know, this stays still. And then there's a 3D printed part that clamps onto here, clips onto, you know, there's these notches, so it'll stay in place. And then above it, you can have, um, you know, a thing that doesn't rotate that has a display. So, I mean, you'll probably see this soon in some known Pedro project that we come up with. Yes. Um, and then I got this joystick. So, you know, one of the things I really like the, the modern, like, you know, um, Switch PSP style joysticks but they tend to be, they're actually digital. They're not analog anymore, um, which is actually the right thing to do because analog potentiometers get scratchy. They, you know, they get worn out from like people constantly nubbing them. So if you actually went and got replacement, like I think the PSP Vita and the Switch, the potentiometers are not analog. They're digital. They use a magnetic, um, they use a magnet and they use like a 3D magnetic sensor to detect the motion, which means that they, uh, they don't drift as much and they don't get scratchy because it's very hard to replace the joystick and of course they used a ton. Um, so what's nice about this is this is a, a potentiometer version but it's got that nice soft rubbery feel to it and uh, you know you got the six pins for the two uh, analog potentiometers. So there's some couple couple fun samples, mechanical samples that I got. Um, another thing I got that you'll see coming soon to the shop is uh, for those who remember, um, we had a, you know, I did this revision where all of our solderless breadboards, um, like I really wanted like really nice ones. So I spent like months sourcing different breadboards that had um, clips that were really easy to plug and unplug uh, boards from. Like they're, they're, they're what Phil B likes to call buttery smooth. Um, yeah. And they also come with a metal plate, basically just upgrading, premiumizing. Uh, the breadboards because you know even though they were well more expensive they were well within um, the price range I was comfortable selling at the same price so all of our breadboards got updated um, one of the things I always really liked was particle 
had really beautiful breadboards in their kits that were like like this really crisp white color and I really liked that the um, ground line was black not blue not that like there's anything wrong with having blue but it's like you know black is ground red is power so like yeah. why not so I got samples this week of um, a new breadboard you can see the color it's it's much well it's hard to tell here but it is it's a it's a crisper white color um, and then the uh, power lines are I think the printing is much clearer and it's black on the uh, ground line but it also comes with a metal plate but otherwise you know it's uh, should be compatible like this plugs into this if you want to extend it um, and then it's still got the you know the buttery smooth uh, activation for like plugging stuff in and, and removing it so nice so it'll be coming soon so I just got the samples today and I'm gonna approve them and then we can put them in the shop so that's cool hold on let me put this back okay and then um, last thing on my desk the thing that I started on that I didn't get to finish today because uh, I went out for a nice long walk instead is um, the ESP32 Itsy Bitsy um, you know I tested it by hand it's ready now for manufacture so I have to actually make the tester so I'm recycling this RP2040 tester board um, but instead of having it programmed by a microcontroller I'm going to use a Raspberry Pi because that's the easy I've actually like written code to program an ESP32 direct from a microcontroller and you can do it, um, but there's nothing as efficient, like it's it's actually just not as efficient as using um, like a Raspberry Pi running ESP tool because ESP tool can do um, this, they, there's this compression and like it, up, you know, instead of using the ROM bootloader, it uploads a little stub that allows you to send compressed data over and then it uncompresses it. So it ends up being much faster. And also it, it does stuff like it checks. You can check like, oh, is this flash already written? And then it, don't erase if it's already been erased. It's it's a lot smarter. And so, um, you know, I I don't mind using a, a Raspberry Pi um, here and then having the, um, well, this has the wrong cable, but uh, having a USB cable, you plug it in. And then of course you can upload uh, directly uh, with the ESP32's bootloader and um, have it uh, self-test all the pin all the pin pairs. That's what's going on underneath here. And also does a little bit of analog checking just to make sure the um, power and ground lines are good. But I think that's going to be the next tester I do. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll get that the store in, in the store soon with the new um, ESP Pico Mini modules that we talked about last week. And then let's go to my computer and I'll just show a quick. Um, another thing is I've, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of redesigns just because parts are unavailable or I'm like, you know what, you know, I might as well just do revisions that I've been meaning to do. So this is the um, 1.8 inch TFT, which is, you know, one of the first products we manufactured, part number 358. This is incredibly early like at the time there was you could not buy tfts on a breakout board like this was like very weird this was a this was a screen that i think was used in um either like really low cost digital cameras or like really low cost um like keychain uh photo viewers and we found a supplier that would sell us just the display and then we like made a breakout board for it so it's really early and like you can even kind of tell from like it's got the old Adafruit logo, like really old Adafruit logo, and like the it's, the screen's a little bit like funky. Um, and you can also tell like 
this was a hand soldered version that like I think we photographed and anyways very very long time ago um, and also doesn't have like it doesn't have the nice gold um, mounting holes and it doesn't have any text here like I you know it was at the time it actually made a difference if you had text only on one side it was a little cheaper so um, I was like you know what let's let's give this a little bit of a refresh so um, one of the things I did this weekend is you know I updated it now has the new logo uh, the text is nice and uh, wider I put the you know nice plated mounting holes I updated all our packages like the SD card package uh, you know I've I've tweaked it to improve it a little bit and then I added an iSpy port uh, which I'm going to try to do to all the TFT breakouts and that basically means um, you know much like the um, you know the one point Six nine, I know for sure. You know, having this connector, and then you could you can put the TFT anywhere, and you can plug it in. And I'm working on making like adapters for like you know Raspberry Pi and uh, Cutie Pie and uh, Feather and stuff. But basically, just instead of wiring, basically, you know, trying to have like an SPI TFT version of STEMIQT, except of course STEMIQT is easy because it's like power ground and two wires, four wires, so easy. Whereas SPI is like it's you know this is an 18 pin connector and um i think it's 18 and it's there's there's just like you know you need so many gpio because like with e-inks you need the busy pin the reset pin the memory cs the tft cs the ecs like there's a lot going on um so you know using uh the same connector that df robot is you know went with i was like well you know what i like sticking with existing standards um so adding the port to the back of all these displays We'll make it easy and I just for a year there I couldn't get any displays so I kind of like stopped doing display stuff but I'm getting displays again so I was like you know what time to refresh maybe we do some of those old designs um, to add that port and it'll be make it easy for people to, to plug in our displays and you don't have to you know hand wire everything um, so that that's it's coming back it's not, it's not over yet but that's kind of what I've been engineering it's a little bit a little bit of everything all right let's do the great search okay The Great Search brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Every single week, Lady Ada uses her power of engineering to help you find the things on digikey.com. Lady Ada, what is the Great Search of the week this week? Okay, so this week, it's actually a lesson I learned about finding alternative parts for obsolete components, which is to always read the PCN. Um, even though you might think, like, oh, you take the suggestion of what the um, alternative component is, uh, it's always good to read the PCN. Sometimes there's like little hints inside of it. Um, so this week, one of the um, parts that I had to find alternative for is um, <coughs> this SPI FRAM chip. So let's go to the computer and I will shut off. Okay, so SPI FRAM is like, I think one of the uh, underrated uh, chip technologies out there because we every week we have somebody who's like, you know, even like last week, somebody's like, I really need, a, you know, to overclock my um, RP2040 or my, you know, SAM51 because I'm trying to stream data from an accelerometer to an SD card and I'm, I'm running into it. I'm not able to stream the data. I need to be faster. And um, what they don't realize is that it's, there's, it's not frequency based. It's not how fast the processor is. What you're dealing with is um, you're writing data to, to uh, nor flash um, 
like uh, SPI Flash or um, on a micro SD card. And when you do that, you have to erase blocks and you have to write blocks and that can take hundreds of milliseconds. Um, and so, you know, you can stream data to SD cards by like being really careful with like internal memory management and then you buffer the data and you write the data. Um, in fact, a lot of times when you look at uh, how digital cameras work, they'll have a big chunk of SRAM. When you take a photo, it has to stream the data to the SRAM and then it writes that data to the SD card. Because again, the SD card can take um, hundreds of milliseconds to erase and uh, write um, flash blocks. Now you can like pre-erase the blocks and there's like stuff you can do. But basically, if you're trying to stream data to non-volatile storage, EEPROM and flash memory have this issue of like, you know, block erase, block writing taking a long time. Whereas uh, FRAM does not have this issue. FRAM is instantaneous. It basically has the speed of SRAM um, with the non-volatility of flash memory, but it's a little bit more expensive. So like this is, you know, 256 kilobytes, um, but you know, it, it has the price cost of, you get multiple times what it would be if it was, uh, nor flash, but that's the trade-off, right? You know, you you want to have uh, very fast data. Use this. So, you know, I do recommend people, who, especially when they're doing like data logging in um, like model rockets or uh, UAVs, anywhere where there's a really high chance of damage. Like you you want to write the data and you want to store it, but there's also a chance that thing could explode, and like you want to be able to recover the data, or like power gets cut very quickly, um, or for extreme low power usage, because again, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to have that power spike to erase blocks or write blocks. And um, unlike SRAM, you don't have to provide power constantly. You can cut the power after you've written the data. So uh, it definitely has a, a really cool uh, use case. But anyways, um, this chip that we use uh, is um, no longer available. It's obsolete. So... Uh, you know, this is the, the part that we were purchasing, uh, 4 megabit, SPI, 40 megahertz, and 8SOP. <sighs> Unavailable. You know, again, uh, this is chip shortage. A lot of things are going obsolete. Um, older lines are getting dropped. And so, you know, you go down to substitutes, and um, there is a substitute, and it is in stock, and I'm, I, you know, I may still use this part. Um, but what's interesting is, well, first off, it's a little bit more expensive, and I also have to get a couple samples and, and make sure that not only is it pin compatible, um, but also that uh, the commands used to like read and write data, like there is a standard called JEDEC for SPI data, but there's often extensions to it. Not every company uses the same extensions. You know, we've dealt with this in CircuitPython. Basically, you should always look at the data, you know, get the chip after looking at the data sheet. Um, but then I was like, you know what, you know, before I book this order, um, let's look at the uh, PCN, the uh, product change notification from Fujitsu. And you can see this was a last time buy. You know, we, we bought some at the end, but we're going to run out soon. So um, the chip that we're using is this one is, is affected. Um, and basically, you kind of have to read what's going on. And basically, it sounds like there's a company that was doing the packaging that they would actually take the dye and they would put it into an SOIC chip and then bond the wires. And like, they're basically shutting down the SOP production. Um, and so they're gonna change that product, you know, they're gonna change from that specific, 
packaging manufacturing to a different one. And what's interesting is that I've seen this before in other companies and they usually don't change the part number. Um, they just change the packager and they're like, hey, you know, whatever, sorry, like you, it's like a little bit thinner, a little bit wider, like you have to deal. Um, but in this case, they actually did change the part number. So what was, uh, this one is now uh, this. Instead of J-N-E, it's uh, B-C-E. And uh, just for kicks, I was like, well, you know, like, is that available? And it turns out that it is available to order. Um, now, it's not immediately available. Uh, you know, it's going to basically be in stock in five months. So I'm going to probably, like, get samples of that Cypress chip. But what's interesting is this wasn't recommended as an alternative for... Uh, the chip that went obsolete. So just like be aware, like sometimes what's obsolete is the packaging, not the chip itself. The silicon itself is available, but it's under a different package, but you wouldn't know that unless you read the PCN. And I know these PCNs are a little bit dry sometimes, um, but I really do recommend going through them because sometimes they have uh, useful information. Like I, at first I was like, is this is only available in like USON or TDFN? No, it's actually still SOIC. It's just from a different packaging company. So um, given that, I feel pretty confident that this will be a drop-in replacement. What I can do is, you know, order, you know, 500 or 1,000 pieces of this. Uh, they'll show up in March, hopefully. And then meanwhile, I can also go back to that Cypress chip uh, that was recommended. Hold on. Which was, sorry. One second. This one. Try this because it's available in stock and I might like have it as an alternative. Um, just make sure that the firmware works with both. Use this, it's a little bit more expensive but it'll like get me to March and then in March I can get that um, new old, you know, packaging style um, and swap back and forth. So. You know, it's a chip shortage. We're kind of coming out of it, but there's still like a little bit of rockiness uh, on the way out. So staying flexible with different uh, components, um, swapping back and forth is going to, uh, what basically gets you through the next six months, I think, of, of just dealing with um, minimal shortages. I mean, the lead time, five months is, is a lot, but look, it's not two years. You know, I'm not seeing 99-week um, lead times anymore. So... I'm going to pick up some of these and try this out. So this is my uh, great search pick. That's the great search. Where in the world is that part I need? The great search with DJ King. Okay, and then... Okay. Uh, Do you have any questions? A or? question that came sure. up. Uh, someone said, oh, maybe let the Jakino to suggest that as an alternative to... I will, but this is like something I bumped into to, you know, today. Okay. Uh, but yes, they watch this video, so they'll know. Okay, if someone has a Trinket M0 connected to their computer running CircuitPython and mounting it in bootloader mode when the computer is rebooted, any ideas on how to mitigate that? That's interesting. Um, it shouldn't. It should boot up directly. Um, wonder why. 
That's interesting. Maybe so if it's in bootload, it, it mounts in bootloader mode when the computer's rebooted. You know, maybe check the BIOS of the computer and see if it has any, like, yeah. I do things to USB devices. I wonder if it's, like, trying to boot from it. Yeah. Maybe make sure it's, your BIOS isn't set to boot from USB. Yeah. Because if so, um, it, it might have... It might have like sent some weird, or also check your modem manager um, because the modem M's, manager. Yeah, no, it's a what? Bit, yeah, I'm telling you about the modem manager. <laughs> the modem manager is a, it's been my it's been this a, show is sponsored by U.S. Robotics. The <laughs> uh, PC Shopper. Yeah. Sponsor this video. Okay. Um, the reason is is that the the SAMD21 chips when you open up the Serial port at 1200 baud, they kick out into the bootloader. That's a that's a Arduinoism. Basically, you you know you kick it at 1200. It's like, well, why would you ever open it up at 1200 baud? You must you that must be your signal that you want me to go into the bootloader, and it goes into the bootloader. The problem is that if you're running Linux and or like some other computer, and you have um, like a really old mouse driver or modem manager. When it starts up, it's like, oh, hey, is that a that COM port? Is that a mouse? And it opens it up at like 1200 baud. That might be confusing. Um, your computer might be confusing the our, the circuit Python code into booting into the bootloader. So, like, I actually, it's not a hardware thing. I actually think that there's something your computer's doing. The yeah. question is, what? I don't know what. Yeah. Someone um, says in the chat, I want to speak to the modem manager. It's a modem manager. <laughs> You laugh, but like eighty yeah. percent of like Linux Arduino issues are modem manager because they had it enabled yeah. until like last year, basically. And they're like, "Yeah, everyone's got modems. Like nobody has modems. If you're connecting them with a COM port, it's probably an ESP32." Yeah. Um, someone also suggested uh, could be some weird things where it cuts the power and resupplies it in such a way that it interprets it being hit in the reset button being hit twice, assuming the Trinky does that if the power supply. It, it yeah. Could I mean you could track it through a hub. Yeah, um, try and that. see if that helps. This is a little bit of an unusual thing. I'm, I'm kind of guessing it's something either in the BIOS trying to boot from the drive, or if it's Linux, you have something that's opening up that COM port and messing with yeah. it. Yeah, that's fun. You, you got the golden ticket. <laughs> All right, them's the questions. Okay, cool. Oh, any uh, word on Bino, uh, Bino 55s? We had some. Yeah. They're in stock right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Here, click it. Zero, yeah. We have the... Uh, we have them in stock. Okay. And we have... The 085, we don't. Okay. However, um, we did ship a whole bunch to uh, DigiKey. We, I should check to see if they have... Um, oh, someone says cycling the USB <coughs> bus while the board is booting will make it think a reset was double-tapped. Yeah. Maybe that could be it. Um... All right, well, I these are a lot have, of good yeah. suggestions, everyone. Problem no, solved. No, we don't have the... Wow, they're really... Oh, any word on the Ablick breakout I saw in the blog a while ago? I haven't not gotten to it. It's, yeah. like, next on my list, but I'm trying to get this itsy-bitsy out. Okay, cool. All right. Sorry, so the 085, um, we don't have the breakouts and we don't have uh, chips, um, but the 085, which, honestly, I kind of like a little bit more than the... 055, I like a little bit more than the 085 is in stock so right. we got those chips yeah. and uh they don't come from the same company by the way one is hillcrest and one is something else and I, don't, I can never keep track of them yeah and uh we'll end with uh a quote from the discord linux comports are weird it is true it's that's true. a fact 
Okay, that's the Desk of Lady Ada. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you all during T- the week with T-T-Y-L. all the shows. TTYL. TTY. Yeah. That's my little Linux comport joke. That's funny. Goodbye. <laughs>